Hey, and welcome back to the Greater Saints podcast. I'm your host, Mark, and today I have the pleasure of being able to sit down and discuss the life of Blessed Pierre Giorgio Frassati with good friend and longtime buddy, Thomas Barnett. Though Blessed Pierre Giorgio Frassati is not considered to be a saint yet, he is an incredible young man who lived not that long ago and who can tell us a great deal about how to live out a saintly life as a layperson in the 21st century. I really hope you enjoy this conversation. Let's dive in. Tom, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Mark. Glad yeah, to be here. Of course. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself, Tom, since it's your first time on the show. Well, um, should I tell you how old I am? Yes. 56 years old. Retained my <laughs> youth. That's a lie. All right. I'm <laughs> half of that. 28 years old here. Um, I'm in sales. Mostly because that's what evangelizing is, the, the, the prototypical sales job of spreading the best product in the world, which is the Catholic Church. But we'll, we'll leave that to be convinced. Unfortunately, I, I work in sales in the same company as Tom works in. And unfortunately, we don't get to sell the church every single day for our living. We sell something else for our living, but we sell Jesus at the same time as much as we can. True. Speak for yourself on that one. <laughs> anyway, so um, I am, what am I known for? A lot of interests. I like chess. I You could catch me playing a chess game at midnight or riding my bike 100 miles in one sitting during a day. Um, mm. I really like deep conversation, philosophical, one-time, like deep impacting conversations with total strangers. Um, and I'm engaged to be married on October 1st, which is the feast of a saint yet to be revealed. Stay tuned. Woo! That's awesome. That's awesome. Do I get to tell them about me? I think, well... Do you want to hear, guys? All right. Um, <laughs> I think we should know just a little bit about you so that we can, like, yeah, we can pay attention better. All right, cool. Well, I work in sales in the same company. Um, I'm married. I'm 24, and I'm married to my beautiful wife, Kristen. Um, I've been married for six months now. Just bought a house, new homeowner. She is pretty great. Yes. The house is okay. <laughs> she is a greater. She's Someday she's going to be the greater saint of the two of us for sure because I'm going to put her through way too much. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, I don't bike as much as Tom does. I love soccer, and uh, I love doing ministry. Love Jesus Christ. I'm a singer. I'm a classically trained singer, so I sing in a lot of choirs, choral work. Yeah, fun stuff, guys. Good. Life is good. So, uh, Tom, do you want to expound at least a little bit on why we're doing this podcast? Well, I mean, we have to give credit where credit's due to... Uh you know, when Father Joseph Bryce came to us, this is his baby here. You know, he came to us with this idea for the project. We, we didn't even know what it was. It, <laughs> sound, it sounded kind of like this mystique. Like the last time you heard the project was nuclear weapons, like the Manhattan Project. <laughs> this is going to be just as devastating, but to evil, not to mm. good, right? So, but anyway, I mean, the whole idea when, when as we met this, this, this team here of young people doing something great right in people's very eyes, hidden behind closed walls, the idea is that, all right, like... There are so many podcasts out there. All of us are inundated. You know, we have no time and too much to listen to. And a lot of us just don't even like, what's the point? Like we get discouraged. So what do people want? Well, when you look at the realm of, of evangelization, Catholicism, um, love, that's what this is. Catholicism is principally the religion of, of love, right? What's lacking? 
Well, I think there are plenty of podcasts out there that talk really deep about the academics of the faith, the intellect, the philosophy, St. Thomas Aquinas, all angelology, Christology. This is not the podcast for that, right? Mm -hmm. There's a lot of podcasts out there that talk about the ins and outs of church life catered everywhere from, you know, believers to, to super believers, to people on the fringe, to people that, that don't go to church, people that don't believe there's all these different podcasts. Right. But the thing is that like, you know, people, podcasts that that appeal to the intellect right they're they're like these three things we call the transcendentals right like truth truth goodness beauty like these are the three ways into god like how do you bring people to god there are tons of podcasts out there that paint the truth of the faith right those those smart ones there's tons of podcasts on the life of the church that, that paint the goodness right but what we're trying to do here is show the beauty of being catholic you heard that right. Like we we don't do we don't do that. Like, but not yeah, just an not, abstract not, beauty. Yeah, we're not doing that through paintings and, and we're, carvings we're, and, and sculptures and stuff like that. Right. This is a concrete beauty, a lived beauty in the life of some of the most amazing, known and lesser known human beings that will ever walk this side of time. And with that being said, you know, it's by going delving into their lives, not not looking at not trying we could we could easily try to find the truth of their lives or the goodness of their lives because it just sells itself you know they're better products than what we have and well we don't need to talk about our product but you know the beauty of their lives this this is what our culture wants like we don't want people to tell us what to do Mm. just show us show us what is beautiful and then let us make up our minds for ourselves that's what we're going to do we're going to bring to the world the church on the world's terms to show that the world's terms are wrong and 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 maybe change lives hearts in the process i think um you know the ultimate purpose of this podcast is definitely for each and every single person who listens and not only people who listen but also the people who actually present and and talk on this podcast to change themselves in some sort of way to be called to an action that's greater Um, and that's why i think we call it the greater saints podcast it's not only about the fact that we're talking about amazing human beings who have you know, risen to the level of saints in the church who have been recognized for that. But we're also talking about it from the perspective of people who want to be great saints. Right. And, and like, to, to put it succinctly, like, if you if you break this down into to three things, right? So, like, obviously, as we said, we're trying to appeal to, 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 the, to, to, to you, to our listeners, through the beauty of the lives of the saints, right? To, to appeal to that. But even more so, we're trying to debunk this myth that, that sainthood is the lot you get in life. That some people just just get better talents or better circumstances or or better you know handouts because the people we're about to discuss, I'm sure you'll you'll say you know, undeniably, Mark, come from all sorts of life, all ages. Some of them are holy from the womb. Some of them are holy right before the tomb. Right? You know, it's what we're trying to prove here is that sanctity is not about what's outside it's about what's within it's looking within because all of these saints used and we're going to prove to you used what was already there or rather yeah. paint for you and the greatness was already there it just came to life through living a catholic authentically catholic life that is christ-centered now lastly we hope that with that with with seeing the beauty of the lives of the saints and recognizing that this is a function of the greatness already within that God has put as the creator. He's, he's instilled this, each of us with a special mission that no one else can have, a, a thread, if you will, in the tapestry of creation that no one else has the same color, just like a blanket. No other thread will have the same color, length, texture, but 
you might have one of them, but if one thread is missing, you look like that looks off. That's not beautiful, right? We want every person here that's listening to recognize that they have a mission and that if they don't do it, it doesn't get done. They're just, they're just not there. Like it's a, it's a beautiful picture missing that one thread. So become the saints that God is calling us to be. That's what we want. We want everyone here to, to see the beautiful lives and want to step up and be in the frame with them. Yeah. And I think that the other, um, the other beautiful analogy, less so like from, from just a, uh, a physical sort of earthly thing, but this is, this is uh, literature. This is from Tolkien's Silmarillion. When he goes into the creation story at the beginning of the Silmarillion, he paints that creation story as something where all of the angels, quote unquote angels, um, participate in a song of creation Mm. and the way that the world deviates from the plan that the creator wants the um, creation to follow the way that it deviates from that is by notes coming out of place Mm. notes being sung improperly Mm. notes being sung in a way that is of the 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 person's direction rather than the creator's direction Mm. and i think that's also a way that we can look at this that each and every single person has a place that they are supposed to fill, mm. which makes the universe more beautiful, that makes creation more beautiful, that makes God's glory eventually more beautiful, that makes heaven more beautiful. Um, and it's not that someone has to be told to do something out of demand or, or subjugation, but that someone has a purpose that is beautiful to be fulfilled that is uniquely theirs. Amen. And like, and obviously, like the claim we're making that we intend to show you is that the way that this that that purpose is fulfilled is is being is living within God's Catholic apostolic church, one holy Catholic apostolic church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body. Like this is what we believe. Right. And like, again, like all of these saints were very fundamentally Catholic. They weren't this like this person that comes up with this crazy unique idea yeah. and then gets millions of viewers. Like they were all sharing and humble and shared it. I mean I mean like what is it even like to be fundamentally Catholic? Like what what do we like what do we have we have to like we have to go to mass every Sunday. That's a bare minimum, right? Mm-hmm. We have to go to confession once a year more on that later is it only once a year only once a year oh i mean goodness. i wish i got up every day right but okay and you have to receive the eucharist the, the 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 piece of bread that we believe is body blood soul and divinity our lord jesus christ right like you, you we don't just believe it it is it, it well yes absolutely right so like that's the bare minimum right okay and then lastly believing that that all of the doctrine and dogma all of what the church teaches to be true right but like all of the saints did that they didn't try to beat to their own drum and their noises came out more beautiful, more distinct, like those angels in heaven, because mm-hmm. they followed the church. Remember Christ's bride, the old saying, everyone loves Jesus. Everyone hates his bride. The mm-hmm. church is so greatly misunderstood. She and Christ are one. There is no salvation outside the church, right? So like all of these saints were fundamentally Catholic. And, yeah. and that's, you know, that's really, that's where the true freedom lies. So we've been talking a ton about saints, but what's funny about today's podcast. Are you going to tell them? Yeah. Yeah. You, do you think they're ready? Yeah, they're ready. They're ready. I, I, I mean, like, <laughs> we could we could preamble another hour. Today, we're not talking about a saint. It's kind of funky. It's the Greater Saints podcast, but we're not talking about someone who's a saint yet. Wait, what? We're, <laughs> we're talking about Blessed Pier Giorgio Frassati, oh, who blessed, blessed. 
is on his way. I mean, that's that's essentially what being blessed means, right? It's it's you're kind of like almost there, but you're not quite approved yet. Um, and I think it's fitting that we talk about blessed Pier Giorgio because, again, we're hoping that this podcast helps each and every person who's listening and participating to someday become a saint. So it's fitting to start off with someone who's on his way as well. Um, so Tom, you want to tell us a little bit about Pier Giorgio? Maybe just a brief a brief overview of his life to start okay um i'll read you one of his most famous quotes and then i'll tell you everything else quote when we all accept christ's voice and teaching we will be able to say we are equal and every difference between human beings will be annulled this is a saying from a young man that when he died at the age of 24, only 24, had over 10,000 people at his funeral. 10,000. And that's only because the, the, the physical limitations of the city of Turin in 1925, when this young man died, could not account, could not handle the capacity. Like, you know, there's the fire, there's the fire code in the church that says, like, what, 200, 500 people? But, like, you could probably cram, like, 2,300 if you had. Like, there was not room. And w- who were these people? They were, they were, they were everyday people like you and me. They were students. They were old people. They were young people. They were famous people. There was every poor person in the world you didn't even know was living in the sewer. Oh they were all there. Okay, they were all there, just desiring. And and what was this? Someone extraordinary? No, this was a guy that that loved poetry. A huge fan, Italian born, huge fan of Dante. Would would read to the gardener to the really anyone who would listen. Dante, he'd read po- poetry. He would, he, mm. he, he, but, but not just was he, was he artistic. He, he was, he was super at, like this guy. It would be an understatement to say this guy was a hiker. He was a mountaineer. And this was like, you look at the wow. pictures of him in his dress clothes, belaying up like Alpine peaks with no gloves, no <laughs> hat with his friends and, and not even a shred of a complaint, only sheer joy. Okay. And, and then you look on top of that. This is a guy that was just two exams away from achieving a baccalaureate. When remember, university is very prestigious, like very hard back then. Nowadays, everyone's just, you know, I'll go to college. Like he was two exams away from baccalaureate in engineering, mining engineering, very specific because he was so passionate about workers' rights, about equality, about every single person being shown the dignity imparted them of God, regardless of their beliefs. He didn't care about if you were Catholic or not. Like, of course, he wanted you to be because he knew that was the, the truest way to joy. But the equality was first with with with, with blessed Pier Giorgio, right? That's really unique. And and with all that, right? So like briefly, like born in 1901, the oldest of two children, his father was basically the owner of the New York Times, like La Stampa, the the wow. the, the sole voice of prestige in in turn Italy, turn of the century there. And it was Pier Giorgio knew it was basically destined, you know, that he was going to inherit this. Mm-hmm. Now this newspaper, his father was agnostic. It, it pained him greatly, right? His father wasn't very religious, his mother, but, but he just, he had a special calling. He worked really hard. He got to, he got special permission when he was, when he was as a kid to get communion, Holy Communion every day at our Eucharist, which was very rare back then. Um, and he ran with it, right? He had one sister who, from whose autobiography where you're indebted, you know, Luciana Frasati. She was, she, her autobiography gives us much of the knowledge that we have about him. Um, she was a, they were like attached at the hip. They were super close. So we have a family guy, right? Super respect for his family, even though he disagreed with them. And we also have a guy here that loved poetry. He loved hiking. Um, 
he was also super good friend. He had his own society of friends in his in his young teens and early twenties. He called the Tipsilochi Society or or the Swindlers and Swindlerettes, the sinister ones. Various oh translations. So like, and 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 they had no rules, no meetings, no formal. The only rule of society was to keep everyone informed. They would have letters from when one would would go out of town and. And this is a guy that this was basically like his friend group. This was his friend group, right? Okay. Which and you know, it, it was it was a Christian, very authentically Catholic friend group, and they were just one part of the entire. Now, to paint you a picture, right? Okay, the Catholic University movement in Italy, fascist, fascist rather. Okay, <laughs> fascist Italy was on the rise. All right, Fa- fascism, far right authoritarian dictatorships. Okay. And very anti-Catholic, anti-human rights. It just anti. And Blessed Pier Giorgio was leading the charge in the streets, being thrown on jail, on, only revealing his, his the identity of his famous father, his last name, to get out of jail so he could keep marching for the rights of wow. uh, of citizens of those that couldn't march through the night. He wow. was not only involved in the Fucci, the the Federation of University Catholic Italian Catholic Students. Right. He was a leader. He would travel. He would he would go through all these things here. And at the same time, that's what you saw. What you didn't see was when the day ended and everyone else went home to recharge from what was already a beyond exhaustingly fu- fulfilling life. He was sneaking off to mass in the morning. He would he would wow. pay his fare because mass like he would he would like okay you're leaving at ten well mass is at ten okay I'll go to mass and then find the nine hour way walk to the town on my own because that's how important it was to be rooted in the Eucharist. He would stay up all night in Eucharistic adoration. When, when we Catholics, we pray in front of the Blessed Sacrament or, or what we, you know, Jesus Christ on the altar in the, in the form of, of the Eucharist. He would, most importantly, he was a lived faith. He was a founding member, okay? Actually, I'm not sure if he was founding, but he was a key member of his Vincent de Paul Society shop, chapter, St. Vincent wow. de Paul, which is for the sick, for the dying, for the homeless. And he had this secret life that is constantly referred in the letters of those that knew him. He would go out all night long by the age of 21, supporting over 100 families with his own dollars, his own, the bare allowance his father would give him was enough. He would even run home just to get a couple extra pennies saved from the bus fare so that he could feed. And when he died, the last note he wrote with a semi-paralytic hand was a medicine request for one of just one of the people. It was a, it was a Saturday. It was his day to write the request here, and, and mentioning that like the reason he died in a life super fulfilled with hiking and with with poetry and with prayer and with friends and private time. All of these seeming dichotomies all present in the life of one young man. He died because it was more important to him to respect someone who had been disrespected their entire life than to live. What's that mean? He drank a glass of water offered by a homeless friend. It was all he had. It was the only sign of dignity this person wanted to say thank you, right? And he offered him a glass of water to, to Blessed Pierre Giorgio. And Blessed Pierre Giorgio, knowing that just like COVID, you know this, right? People see you, they run away. He knew that there could be polio in that water, that likely there was polio in that water, right? And he drank it and he got polio and he died. But what's most amazing about that is this would have been so normal. This man valuing the goodness of others over his own health. It would have been normal for him. We wouldn't have even been able to trace in the preceding week. There would have been so many times he would have done something like this without thinking for other people. You never would have found the source. Wow. Wow. How How soon after he drank the water did he end up dying? 
Well, it's hard to say. I mean, he, he died July 4th of 1925, but as, as recently as week before, he was walking the streets at night wow. doing his thing, you know, and and he had a, a, a his last mountaineering excursion was only a month before, June 7th. Oh, my goodness. So it onset really quickly. And um, be- because of his modesty, because of how well he handled pain, it didn't even become aware to his family until it was too late. What, um, when he passed away, was there, was there anything special about when he died? I mean, if you consider like a complete ambush and, and, and trampling of the Frasati family home, anything special, I mean, when, when, new, when news broke incredibly late, like, like it, it all happened so quick. The family was away. Because his his grandmother was dying, right? Pierre Giorgio's oh, grandmother was dying, and the week before he was home, and it went from like him walking around to like suddenly feeling sick to by Thursday, be, like just barely by Friday he was paralyzed from the waist down. Friday, July third, you know, nineteen twenty-five, he was paralyzed from the waist down, mm. and at that point his mother was not permitting anybody in to visit him, but. On the day he died, he had just died. She, she's like, all right, I'll let a few guests in. She opened the doors, and it was like the stampede from the wow. Lion King. That's how many people just wanted to touch this man, now dead, because of how much he meant to wow. them. What, it, what is it about the way that he lived that drew all those people in? I mean, clearly, like he was probably a really good friend to a million people, and it seems like he respected people well. But what was like? What was the one thing that makes him so different from everyone else? What's the big idea of what Pier Giorgio did, the way that he lived his life? The big idea, right? All of these saints do. I'd say the big idea of Blessed Pier Giorgio Frassati's life was that you receive the world by giving it away. You receive mm. all that the world has to offer and beyond by giving everything you have away, not discretionarily, not just in the areas that you're good or just in the areas where you're struggling. Just this, this perpetual disposition, attitude of being 100% present, 100% loving, 100% available to every person, every encounter that you meet. Or another way to say it, like, you know, you become your greatest self by not holding anyth- anything back for anyone. Like that's the idea. And it's rooted also too. Pierre Giorgio, you'll find, is actually, it's very unique. He was a lay person, meaning he wasn't a priest. He wasn't a nun. He wasn't a, a brother or a monk or any of these, an abbot. He was someone just like you and me. He wasn't even married, right? Just a single mm. some 20-something, okay? And this very much informed this, like the, the call of the lay people. The, 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 the church says, like, the job of the priest and the religious is to pray and to foster the people of God, the Catholics at home, but the job of the lay people that that is to go out to the world and live that faith, and no one did it better than him. But this is this is so contrary to what we generally think about in society when we look at priests and religious. Like I, I think most of the time when we think about lay people, we think that lay people hold something for themselves. Hold, lay people do something in society that religious in particular reject for God for something greater for a different calling like w- at least for me I can speak for myself when I think of priests I think of people who have given all away in pursuit of God and that that's different than what lay people do in some way 
is that wrong? Is Pier is Pier Giorgio's life saying that that idea that I just said is wrong? Pier Giorgio's life makes that idea not only wrong but untenable, hmm. because the false dichotomy that you and I too recognize is that this idea that if you're a priest or a religious that you've given everything away, and if you're a lay person you haven't. No, it's not that 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 being a priest is just a further degree of selflessness on the same continuum. It's that there are different continuums that you can be fully lay and fully a priest because there are priests that don't give it all away. There are priests, there's a lot of them right now that aren't praying, right? That, that aren't doing what they need to be. And then you have lay people like Pierre Giorgio Fossati that are giving everything away. Like the majority of lay people maybe don't, okay? Actually, definitely don't, right? Definitely don't. But no, like if you're calling, this is this idea of vocation from the Latin vocari, like what does God want you to do? We believe as Catholics that from when God created you, when he knit you in the womb from Isaiah, before you were in the womb, I, I knew you. I knew you by name, right? That every single one of us listening right now would be happiest as one thing. Some priests, some religious, meaning nuns or, or brothers. Most of us in a married or sing, married state of life. But Pierre Giorgio is in this special, this special position you know, as a lay person, as a single lay person, he demonstrates that there's this, this, that this idea that the lay people have less of a responsibility or are less holy is just an excuse from Satan. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's probably one of the most beautiful stories of his life is just to say, you know, for anybody who's out there who thinks that at 16 or 15 or 20 or 24 like Pier Giorgio and like me that you can't do more that you can't achieve greater heights that you can't live the life of a saint or that you can't glorify God in a way that is both personally fulfilling and fulfilling of your ultimate goal to praise and glorify God to anybody who doubts that sort of mentality you're you're wrong don't doubt it you can do it we can do it and to put it succinctly, right, you know, we, we've talked about at this point, what is this podcast? Who are we? Why are we doing it, right? We, we want people to to see the beauty of the lives of the saints, to realize that they just, like the saints, need to look within. The greatness is already there and become the saints they want to be. And this, if you look at the life of Blessed Pier Giorgio Versati, he really, he, if you think of like, if you think of life like 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 accessing resources, there is nothing left wanting. Like, like if you think of it like you, you buy a house and you know there's oil there, it's a super valuable resource, right? So most people will be willing probably to do the easy, hire someone for an afternoon, get the oil that's within, you know, the first 10 feet of the surface and then call it a day, right? But then when that runs out and they need more fuel, they need more things to keep them going, we're much more likely to look elsewhere, aren't we? It's too hard. Mm. It's too arduous. We try to find all of these gurus online on YouTube and mm. self-help stuff and all this in there. But there's a few reasons, right? One of them is that we're not willing to do the things that don't have immediate returns, right? Like maybe, you know, things like going really deep, you know, really on the surface gets big returns. But, you know, what about what about filtering more carefully? What about the things that don't come as easy? Like we learned from Blessed Pier Giorgio, to play your weaknesses, that if two people are both playing their strengths, but one is also playing their weaknesses, the person that plays their weakness, it's marginal, but you get more. And like this is illustrated from a saying from one of his friends one day when he when Pierre, Blessed Pier Giorgio was, was young. Blessed Pier Giorgio, eh, 
<laughs> if you call them that, that'd be great, right? Pierre Giorgio, okay? You sing out of tune. And he said, yes, but it's more important to sing. You're a singer, Mark. Like, that's that's countercultural. Like, isn't the idea if you don't get it right, don't sing. Like, learn yeah. your part, right? Yeah. But But the deeper truth here is that a lot of us have this idea that if you don't do something well, hide it because it's either no. shameful or so inconvenient. Well. Like, but he was, he understood that there's something that anything worth doing is worth doing badly. Quote from G.K. Chesterton, right? Famous uh, uh, author at the 20th century. Like everything worth doing is worth doing badly. So blessed Pierre Giorgio didn't hold back from singing with groups just because he was bad. He didn't avoid doing things that he wasn't gifted at. He, all of those little things, you know, just like searching the nooks and crannies for oil that most people would like, he did that, right? I, I think that... Yeah, and, this, and this, this is not to say that you shouldn't look for a piece of land that has a good, you know, a good spring of oil or whatever and, and, and drill that oil and try to get as much out of, much out of it as you can. Or, or to say, like, if you have a talent, you should foster and nourish that talent as much as possible. It, it's not it, you're not contradicting this that what you're saying is yeah. that you know in the areas that you have work to do don't be afraid to work on them don't be afraid to say i have to work i mean when i remember when i was in in choir as a kid i mean i wasn't always singing at the level that i'm singing at now at one point i was you know significantly worse than i am now and i remember that at, at those times that you know sometimes the choir directors would say things like if you're gonna make a mistake just make the mistake bravely you know, it, it, they're not saying don't don't mess up, don't make a mistake. They're saying, I'd rather have you sing, and try your best, and if you make a mistake, we'll correct you and help you to grow, and that's okay. Rather than sit back, pretend like you're not a part of the choir by not singing loudly, not singing bravely, and then not learning how to be better. Amen. And and that that's the point, right? The point is that. There's something like, and again, this idea presupposes you've, you're already playing your talents, right? So that, yeah. that, that's, that's yeah. a presupposition. Like, but this is the thing, you know, you'll find this as a singer, Mark, like, like you, you know, you're humble, but you, you've been places before you reach a certain point where your talents alone aren't enough. Talent alone can get you maybe to regionals or maybe even to nationals if you're a good enough singer. But at that point, everybody is talented. Everybody's already filled up. Look at like a cup. Their talent cup is so full. So what Pierre Giorgio is saying here is like, once you've already tapped that, the only other way to get your cup full is to start filling up the cup of your weaknesses. Yeah. So for an analogy, um, one time I did go to a, a national competition for singing. And when I got to the, uh, the final round, I think that the biggest difference between me and the other singers was acting i i had a horrible i had a horrible experience trying to act on stage mm. at like 16 I, th I thought i just looked ridiculous doing all these doing all these things and trying to act out the parts mm. um and i i couldn't get over my my own insecurity in the area of acting i didn't think i was good at it because i didn't think i was good at it i didn't think anyone else would think i was good at it so it was just a, a huge problem but my my voice was good so um when i got to that final uh round i didn't i didn't win Mm. And it didn't really matter if I had a better voice or if I sang better. What mattered was that I didn't do everything else well. I did the singing well. I didn't do everything else well. And, and, and 
uh, and to, to your point, right? And and that's like you think of it too, like a competition, right? Like you know that you're going to score ten out of or or, or or athletics, right? You know that let's say there's there's multi multi point questions on like a math test, right? So you can get up to twenty, and a lot of people will answer the questions they know and just not try the questions they don't. But the the wisdom of Blessed Pierre Giorgio Frassati and that he was singing when his voice was horrible, that he was present, you know, even when it wasn't his field of study at the Catholic Youth Society, he was, he was a big champion of, of the youth, is that you should try because getting four points out of 20 on a question you get wrong is better than getting out of zero. So where the bulk yeah. of what your of your grade is from what you're strong at, there's something to be gained by what you're weak at, which segues perfectly into knowing your limitations. Pierre, blessed Pierre Giorgio Versace, better than anyone, knew the limitations of his external life like and accepted them. You look at this yeah. the, the guy who whose family literally thought he was, for lack of a better word, a rat. They thought he was ungrateful, that he was arrogant, that he wasn't accepting his preordained uh, coronation as the uh, the successor to his father's rich and gregarious newspaper company, that he wasn't present in the family affairs, that he didn't wish to go politicking. His parents actually thought that what Pope John Paul II has called the man of the Beatitudes, the man that, that lives what Jesus said we should be. Blessed be are the poor of spirit. Blessed are the pure heart. Blessed are those that mourn. Blessed are those that are peacemakers. Blessed are the merciful. Blessed are those that are meek. Blessed are those that are, are, are persecuted for my sake. You know, that's why he's blessed. Because yeah. he lived blessed. And he did that by understanding he couldn't change his family's opinion. He didn't mm. waste time trying to convince people who he was. He just was. Mm. He spent the time he could have late at night arguing with his father out in the streets, wow. helping those that, that were sick, that were dying. He, his father specifically, like he never had his approval, but rather than, than, than be rude and argue with him, he accepted his father's agnostic position. Okay. And just lived the best life he could. And, and as far as his love life, right? He, he died single. There was one serious Laura Hidalgo, right? This a friend of his in the Catholic university students of that time, right? You know, he accepted that they would never be a thing, even though it pained him greatly. His letters, they show this because it wasn't what his family approved. And I know that's wow. a foreign idea to wow. us moderners where you star-cross lovers, the type, you know, the, the notebook and all these things. But so Pierre Giorgio understood his limits and he didn't waste time pursuing self-righteous causes he just simply worked with the situation that he had right yeah. he understood that his property cut off 30 feet past it like remember the land is your life and this analogy with the oil the oil is is the gift that god has given you and the land is your life he didn't he didn't squabble with the fact that there was a boulder in the way and he could have had 50 feet he only had 20 feet available like he he took the limitations of his life and he and he used yeah. them yeah i think Probably the thing that I, I'm drawing out of this the most is that he didn't allow reasons to become excuses. So he didn't allow his father's disapproval of what he wanted to pursue be an excuse for him to stop pursuing it. Exactly. He didn't allow the fact that they wanted him to be leading this newspaper to become an excuse for him to not pursue God. And to not pursue the ministry that he he knew was his vocation to the extent that he could. I mean, he he knew that that was a reason to stop, but 
but he wouldn't let it become an excuse to stop. Amen. He, he wouldn't. And at the same time, he also didn't go to the other extreme and try to, you know, keep try to persuade his father to in a way that would have been demeaning or disrespectful. Like, and, and keep in mind, too, here's some other things about Blessed Pierre George of Versailles, right? I gave you the outline. Here's the deep stuff. This is the stuff you're not going to find on the Internet. This is the stuff you're not going to be able to access, okay, just from the mere ephemeral, right? His sister describes him in his biography, her biography of him, as being able to win friends with relative ease and immediately. But and just think about that, like just with just a few words, he had a life. But not only was that a friend, he then took that person under his wing and counseled and advised him at any moment. Right. This is a guy who is incredibly good looking. OK. Uh, you know, like kind of like a, a pointy nose, very tan. OK. Great hair. OK. And knew how to use his persuasiveness for holiness, his attractiveness for holiness. My point is he could have very easily if he wanted to tried to persuade his father and his mother of the truth of the Catholic faith. They were nominal, right? His father, but, but no, like he, he understood that one, it's not an excuse for him to not try to be great, nor is it justification for him to impose on them. He lived his example. He didn't try to force others to, to, to live theirs. And that's the thing. He didn't waste time. That's if Giorgio didn't waste time trying to tell other people to do with their properties in his own backyard. And that's the last thing, right? You know, he, he knew his limits, okay? He, he knew his, he played his weaknesses. He tried all the ways he could to get oil, okay? Once the, the obvious ones had run out, right? He kept singing when it was difficult. He was present when mm. it was difficult. He knew his limitations. He knew that marriage for him wasn't on the table with the lady, his, the love of his life, right? He knew that changing his father's mind about him and his mother. So he silently endured all of their ridicule, right? For years. But lastly, he tapped into what was already there, where most people are willing to go 10 feet rather than try to find solace in other people's lives. Blessed Pierre Giorgio deeply understand sort of lived that in your own life, there are so many things. Like, think, like just between here and the kitchen, okay? How, what could you do differently? Like this is, a, this is a blow your mind, right? Forget about from like the next week what you could change. Like you could walk with a, a little bit more of a posture, you could orient your mind towards how great it is to be in a house with heat, okay? And then, as he would, willingly give up that heat, this idea of asceticism, which is foreign to the modern world. It's crazy, this idea of, of willingly giving away the comforts of life to be in solidarity with the poor. It was central wow. to him, right? Like, like, all of us get that at some level, like... A lot of us feel like I'm not better than anyone else. He made sure of it. He, his sister describes his room as spartanly. His, his, no heat. He, he wouldn't have heat. He frequently fasted. He was constantly sleep deprived from being over. He, he's, he, he's quoted as saying, he's quoted as saying that the intensity of his many deep ever evolving, his personality ever evolving, she says, his deep relationships, right, made him sick. And yet he he loved vomiting for God. Oh I wonder gosh. if that'll make the final podcast. You know, like <laughs> Doubt he it. he he, lo- he loved like he was his personality was ever involving. It grew at such a voracious oh. wildfire rate because because he just because he was so present and he was so willing to go deep within wow. himself. Whether and again like blessed Pierre Giorgio, but for Saudi more than anything, showed with his body 
what he meant with his soul. This, this idea in Catholic thinking that it's not enough to just believe, right? Mm. How many of these people, oh, I don't go to church anymore, but I believe. Okay, that's you. Not judging you. Okay, but I love my wife. I just don't come home at night. Okay, I love my job. I just clock out when people aren't looking and get paid. Like, do you actually, blessed Pierre Giorgio Forsati, the beauty of his life is that he said he believed with what what he said he believed in the equality of people and died to maintain the dignity of a homeless person wow. that was one of thousands. He said he believed in in freedom and was was being thrown in jail for leading processions in the middle of the night with 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 the the the, the fascists. These are World War II Mussolini guns everywhere. He said he believed in workers' rights and got a degree in mining. He said that he said that he believed in pushing yourself to the physical limits. And made sure that he never let his iron, he says his will was like iron, he made sure that he was hiking at least once a month. Because if he didn't physically do with his body what he meant with his soul, how was he supposed to sit there and keep his mouth shut when being ridiculed by, by his father, by others, by other people that misunderstood him? He was greatly misunderstood, but even more wildly popular. Because people saw his secret life as, as described in the letters. People saw this was a man willing to go deeper into his own life, his own property, and find the oil that most of us don't even realize we have when we're long dead. Yeah. Praise be. And that's exactly what we what we need to take out of his life. What we need to take out of his story is that we need to identify what our talents are. And then we need to do those things and we need to pursue those things further for the greater glory of God. It, it just and, and emulate him in that. This is the bottom line. And now I'm talking to you. That's right, you. Not just any listener, you. You sitting there right now. Are you, are you in your car? Are you have the coffee pot? Are you at the gym? doesn't really matter mm. because you matter. And if you take anything from the life of Blessed Pierre Giorgio Fossati is that if you think that you've tried everything, if you think that your current life is boring, that you need a new job, that you need a new relationship, that you need a new hobby, if you think that you've tried everything and you're, you're now you want to go out and search the world, you haven't tried anything. You've seen nothing yet. If you think that that you won't find in your own backyard, in your own talents, in your own struggles, and the nuances of your everyday life, the capacity to be great, you're wrong. We usually we're more polite than that, aren't we, Mark? Usually, yeah. it's, telling the listener you're wrong no, usually, isn't a good way to introduce a podcast. Usually, we're a little bit less a little blunt, more but you're you're downright wrong. Okay, get it into your head. Right, you now. are wrong, and and you know what? There's nothing more right than being wrong, because at the end of the day, being wrong for Christ, the the the, the Bible says, okay, Saint Paul, mm. the, the book that 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 the wisdom of men is foolishness for God. Right, I want to be wrong, I, and that's another thing. Like with Blessed Peter, he was never afraid. He never stopped doing 1% right knowing there'd be 99% wrong. He'd rather be rebuked and do better. Like this whole di idea yeah. of like, if you listener, if you're thinking that, nah, like I need a new thing. Like if maybe that's why you're here. Okay. Like God already has, since he knew you, since he wove you in your mother's womb, he already has everything you need right there in your own backyard. So if you learn anything from blessed Pierre George Versati, okay. Don't be afraid to, to to scale the mountains of your life, the spiritual heights, but also don't be afraid to get into the depths because right there in your own city streets are 10,000 people awaiting to love you just like they love him. Praise me.
All right. Well, thanks for being on the show, Tom. No, most welcome. What's yeah. for dinner? What's for dinner? Are we gonna? Is this it's fried chicken. Yeah. You know, Aren't I, we going to play soccer? We're going to play we, soccer. Well, I guess I'll just do a blessed pair George and not eat. <laughs> All right, guys. See ya. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, stay tuned. Subscribe to the channel, and we will hopefully be seeing you within the next month. God bless.